ladies and gentlemen, this is something that SP3 and I have talked about numerous times before. Don't nobody bass act their way into success more than WWE. In a week's time, they have taken one nonsensical booking decision that got unbelievable backlash both online and in the live crowds. And now all of a sudden, a year after uh, we have been talking about for the last year, how there's no way that Cody Rhodes is going to be as hot in 2024 as he was in 2023. And now suddenly WWE is going to get credit and be remembered for making him even hotter than he was last year. And I guess the rock deserves some credit for that too. We will dive into everything that has happened in the past week regarding Cody Rhodes, the rock Roman reigns, and this, this now seemingly Royal wrestling family war that is going to be taking place over the course of the next several years, probably. What what did uh, SP3, what did The Rock call himself? The the long gamer? Is that what he called himself? Signing oh, off. You're a long gamer. Oh, we got we got a lot to dive into. Ricky Chino, Dutch Mantel, SP3 here on Smack Talk on the Sports Keto Wrestling Facebook page and the Wrestle Binge by Sports Keto YouTube channel. Lot to talk about tonight. Uh, I feel kind of bad for Seth Rollins. He kind of gets left out to dry this year. We'll find out who his opponent will be at Elimination Chamber. The women's Elimination Chamber matchup seems to be, uh, man, that's going to be a certified banger with a talent that I think is going to end up being in this matchup. Lot to dive into there. We will get into everything that happened on the show tonight and what the short-term and long-term ramifications of it may be. Get your super chats in. Get your comments in. We will dive into as many of them as we can. Super chats are guaranteed to get read on the air, so just remember that. Uh, but make sure to engage with us. Subscribe on the channels. Hit the thumbs up videos. Everything, uh, and we will uh, we'll hopefully have a good time after we have to get through the unfortunate part uh, of the evening. Anytime there is going to be some breaking news or you know anything noteworthy regarding the ongoing scandal involving Vince McMahon, the former CEO of WWE. Uh, we are going to talk about it here. Hopefully Dutch's uh, computer comes back up, man. He's gone. All right, cool. Great. Awesome. Oh, great start. Great oh, start to the show. Oh, there he is. All right. He's back. There we go. There we go. All right. Hopefully, hopefully that's our one technical glitch tonight and we got it out of the way. Oh, it won't believe me. It won't be. It'll be something else. This technology um, hit always bamboozles me. Yeah. So, gentlemen, let's let's dive into the the new nastiness of the Vince McMahon allegations and stories that have been coming out this week, um, and they are surrounding former female talent uh, now in in the WWE. And a lot of this is focusing around the late Ashley Mazzaro, who passed away from an apparent suicide in 2019, uh, and her tumultuous time with the company. Uh, Vice had a big story out today about this Dutch. Uh, a lot of allegations in there uh, stemming from the fact that not that WWE management did in fact know about one, the rape allegation that happened while on an overseas tour uh, with a member of the military against Ashley Mazzaro. But two, Vince McMahon himself allegedly made many advances toward Ashley Mazzaro as well as other member, female members of the locker room and if they did not comply, guess what? Their job got got very, very difficult. Uh, bad creative, embarrassed on national television. There were several times that Ashley Mazzaro, before uh, before she tragically passed away, said that you know she 
felt like Vince was trying to end her career uh, and embarrass her on the way out of the company. And we have seen this happen with with multiple women. Never forget Lita's big retirement match, right? Like they're objectifying women and embarrassing them on television. I mean, hell, there was a point where Trish Stratus had to bark like a dog. I mean, like there we've seen some of this stuff play out on television before. It's not hard to believe some of these accusations. Uh, but now they're they're coming out from statements that, uh, that have been released that she made before she passed. Again, this just continues to get worse and worse. And I feel like this is only the tip of the iceberg. But uh, Dutch, you've been backstage. You have, you know, worked with Vince. You've talked about the last couple of weeks here. You did not feel comfortable being around Vince McMahon. What is your reaction to uh, this Vice story and everything else that we have heard today? <clears throat> well, I've heard that Vice story before. <clears throat> and... Really, this makes me sad. It really, really does. A man who can do that to his, actually, they weren't, they weren't his employees, but may have well have been. They were independent contractors, but somebody who can do that. Uh, you know, you, you have words thrown around a lot. I think he was a psychopath to begin with. He had issues, and when he got power over someone, uh, especially a female, he wrote it to the hilt. And like you said, this story, we're, we're hearing stuff now, but it's going to get worse. It's, we're going to hear more and more. This is the story that doesn't go away tomorrow because people quit talking about it. Yeah. Because everybody, even the publications have seen, when you put something up about Vince McMahon and WWE, it gets read. Now I, I posted something on my uh, on my other podcast, <clears throat> and it's never done this before. The view count was over three hundred and like thirty five thousand people saw that, and I'm thinking, what? I, I've never done that before. But it is a hot hot uh, situation, and I, I I'm almost I'm not embarrassed to be a wrestler, but I am be I am embarrassed about what. Vince did that people would think I would, you know, even be around him in any business setting. So I asked him, Bizarro, my condolences to her, uh, I mean, to her family and her friends, because I think the allegations now that it wasn't reported, it was swept under the rug because Vince didn't want to lose that U.S. military contract he had. Money was more important to him than the, the safety and, and the welfare uh, of his girls. I find that just, I, I can't tolerate that. I, I put up with a bunch of crap in my life, but that there I have no sympathy for. And whatever Vince get, Vince deserves. Yeah, SP3, there was a running theory this weekend that this whole Rock, Cody, you know, Roman Reigns situation was done on purpose as a way to take the take Vince McMahon and WWE out of the headlines and, and get people more focused, a deflection basically from, from the Vince uh, ongoing lawsuit and scandal. And if, if that was the case, congratulations, it worked for all of three days. Uh, but people aren't going to forget. This isn't a story that's going to go anywhere. And it, this is just one of those things that the more it comes out, the more disgusting it's going to be. And the more frankly pissed off, it's going to make me. And I'm sure you've, share that sentiment i think that when people are saying like 
oh, this is like the the whole storyline with Rock, Roman, and Cody is distracting people from you know the real story of Vince McMahon and the lawsuit. They are talking about the people that usually WWE aim a lot of their programming at is the lowest common denominator. It's people that are not going to pay attention that are kind of a, like. Oh, this is this is the thing right now. Okay, this is the thing now. Let me pay attention to that. Forget all of that. They are people that are like that, regardless of what sure. we want to say. Like we can say that no, people are gonna remember this. I hate to tell y'all this, it's not it's not a hundred percent. You're not gonna get a hundred percent on that test. It's just not how that works. But this is a very important story. This is something that needs to, uh, you know, be talked about to bring attention to if people are not aware of what went down. The Ashley Mazzaro story is something that I've known about for like a decade now. She came out about this years ago and like it was kind of brushed under the rug or it was just her side of the story from the people that were pro in defense of Vince McMahon and WWE, but like, this is a company thing. This is something that like it's, that was, I know was known throughout. If I know it and wrestling fans have known this story for close to a decade, then I know people that work in WWE have known this story for over a decade. So it is something that is deplorable. It's another disgusting act uh, I will echo the sentiments of Brett the Hitman Hart. I have no respect for Vince McMahon and the stuff that he has done and that he has gotten away with for so long. He needs some type of consequence. There needs to be some type of punishment. The more that is divulged, you're gonna we're gonna ask the question of what's the results of the investigation. He is now being investigated by the federal government. Let, let's see what's up. What's going on? What's going to be the consequence for this man and everything that he's done? Yeah, and this is going to be the guy, right? Uh, as, as Jamie uh, brings up here, uh, John Laurinaitis, who was mentioned in the lawsuit by name. He wasn't one of these guys who was, you know, executive number one, two, three, or four, or former WWE and UFC heavyweight champion. Um, you know, this is a guy who is coming out now and saying, hey, I hey, I was a victim here. I was a victim. I, too, crumbled under the pressure of of the and the intimidation of, of Vince McMahon and went along with things because I felt my job was um, job would have been in jeopardy, uh, much like we've heard from a lot of, you know, at least in these <clears throat> allegations so far. But this is a guy who's going to sing like a canary on every single thing that he knows because he's going to be now trying to save his own ass. So this is a guy that has already, if he was buddy, buddy with Vince has turned on him. So what he knows, everybody's going to know, know sooner or later through his attorney. Yeah, and but what he said, what he said was he was a victim, but that corroborated uh, the grant lady's story. If all this happened as she claimed, yeah, she didn't. Him being a victim is not going to fly at all. So, what about the early morning she went over there to to give him breakfast, and nobody else was around? Vince wasn't even around. Did they did they have relations? I mean, why did they just go in there and talk about it? If both of them felt like victims, why did anything happen that morning? I don't I don't get that. And that's something that Warren Ice is going to have to answer. Obviously, I don't I don't have the answers in that situation, but, um, you know, or excuse me, I don't have the answers to that question. But, uh, yeah, man, it's. It, it's it's hard to talk about. It's hard to to read. It's hard to go through this. And 
Um, as far as what came out in Vice today, yes, we there have been rumors and people have known about you know the allegations uh, surrounding Ashley Mazzaro for for a while now. Uh, but there have been other female talents who have been who have kept quiet for fear of you know public defamation and you know character assassination from from Vince McMahon or you know not having good withstanding within WWE. Who hey, guess what? That since TKO bought it, now Vince is out. They don't have to worry about that anymore. And I guarantee you, more former talent are going to come forward and corroborate. Um, you know, unfortunately, what. Uh, what Ashley uh, went through. We have a super chat here from uh, Dennis who says, John is saving his butt uh, is in saving his butt mode, but it won't save him, but it definitely will bury Vince. And yeah, I mean, that, that that's the thing, right? Like John Laurinaitis seems like the guy who was attached to Vince's hip and Dutch. You can, you can probably yep. attest to that. If anybody knows where the, the, the skeletons are buried or, or how deep that, that closet of bones is, it's John Laurinaitis. No kidding. I mean, I don't think it's going to save him. He's uh, these guys are horrible. I used to walk out in the hallway and I would see uh, one of the girls walking down or going into her dressing room and she looked upset and then they go in and they would start crying. And I, some of them I was close to and are not really close to, but knew them more than the other ones. And I'd say, are you okay? And, and they wouldn't tell me but they would be crying, but they had just come out of Vince's, his own private room. So you don't have to tell me what happened. I knew, I know what happened and, but she just didn't want to tell me. And I didn't, I didn't really want to hear it, but I've, I've seen that numerous times because he, he rode those girls. I mean, incessantly. I mean, it was all day long, all night. And then when he would get to the hotel, sometimes he would get them a room at his, his hotel and he'd be knocking at the door at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah. He's legitimately a psychopath. Really? Yeah. And that was part of the, the, the vice piece is that, you know, Vince was making late night overtures um, to, to Ashley. And she was, uh, she, she was not going to, let me, let me, let me ask you this. This sounds a lot like a Harvey Weinstein investigation too. Could it turn into that? And that turned into a criminal case. I mean, a criminal case. This is a civil case right now. But it could turn into a civil. Or did I ask this question last week? You, you did. And look, the feds are looking into it, right? And I, again, I think that's where Johnny Ace is going to come in, come in handy. Because, like I said, if if you know his testimony and what he knows, if he's able to trade something and and more people come forward. Yeah, man, I I think the evidence is going to continue to to, to yeah, mount up at yeah. least to the point of, of criminal charges. Now, whether or not a jury will convict him unanimously remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll see. Vince can afford the best attorneys in the world. We'll see what they see what they come up with. But yeah, this this is not going away anytime soon. That's for sure. No, it's not. But whatever uh, he gets, whatever he gets, I've already declared him guilty because he is. I think. And, allegedly, and that, allegedly, let me say that. And th- and this goes back to what I said last week. Like, like regardless of what ends up happening from a legal or a financial or civil standpoint, whatever goes down in the courts, Vince's legacy is already it's cooked, it's done. Like he's not he's not going to be remembered for the guy who 
change professional wrestling forever. He's going to be remembered as a serial sex abuser, a rapist, and an mm-hmm. all-around piece of shit. I'm not even going to apologize for that one. Awkward transition time. Let's roll right into the show here. We open up with a recap of the press conference, or excuse me, media event. That's what it was called. That's what it was billed. I can't say press conference because the press didn't get a chance to ask any damn questions. Uh, The media event that happened in Las Vegas. They called it a press conference. You got to call it a press conference. Did they call it? Because I just. Yes, they did. Multiple times. Multiple times. Stop. Because, well, no, just, be, just, be, just because it didn't it didn't count as a press conference to you doesn't mean they haven't referenced it as a press conference every single time. Okay, because I could not remember because I looked back at the invite. I wasn't able to make it out to Vegas, even though I tried. And and honestly, I'm I'm kind of glad I, I didn't go at this point. Um, but I looked back and it said media event in 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 the invite. So I don't know. But if you're gonna invite. 40 different outlets out there and have them sit in the front row. Like you think you would allow them people to ask some questions, but it, it basically was one big giant promo package for, for WrestleMania. You know, you, you get, you get Bianca Belair out there who doesn't even have a, a clear path unless she wins the elimination chamber. But, you know, considering the face off that we saw with Becky and Rhea, that's probably not happening. Right. So she doesn't even have a, a clear path to WrestleMania. She's out there and she's she's promoting her, uh, you know, her her reality show, which was probably the whole reason why, why she was there. You had this show, the showdown between Rhea and Becky, which was fantastic. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out there and then we get this whole big showdown between Rock and Roman, and everybody is wondering what on God's green earth are they going to do after the hashtag we want Cody and hashtag woe movement, and then Rock is on Pat McAfee, you know, getting Cody crybabies uh, trending on Twitter for for a hot minute, and and honestly, SP3, that should have been the signal right there of what we were going to get because when Rock goes heel mode and starts attacking the people, and really starts leaning into it, that should have been a surefire indicator of what we were going to get. Because it sounded like he was very dismissive of the movement. And then he gets out there on stage and he starts getting booed. And he's getting the Rocky Sucks chance that so many people were shocked to see on Monday night and here on Monday night on Raw. And there were some people who were flat out like, oh, it was only a few hundred people who were doing it. It's not that big of a deal. This is a momentum that just continued to build and build to build. They had no choice. They had no choice whatsoever but to pivot away from it. If you saw the press conference, you know what ended up happening. Cody came out, changed his damn mind, said, I'm challenging Roman Reigns, screws up The Rock's plan. He starts talking about Roman's family, which is The Rock's family, as he made it perfectly clear, even though we all knew that. And he slaps the shit out of Cody Rhodes. And then before you know it, he's closing the night by dropping F-bombs at Triple H, telling him to fix it. Then we open up the show tonight with Triple H not so subtly telling The Rock to shove it up his candy ass. That was a good bit of business last night, SP3, as far as the press conference was concerned. They pivoted. It was not a work the entire time. I'm not giving them credit for it, but they fell bass backwards into success, like I said at the top of the show. Cody Rhodes is so white hot right now, The Rock had to turn heel. Who in God's green earth would have thought that was going to be possible just two weeks ago? More like WWE botched it so bad that The Rock had to turn heel. 
that that sounds more accurate to me. It doesn't sound like Cody Rhodes is that hot. It sounds like they walked right back fast ass backwards into this situation where they had to turn the biggest movie star in the world into a heel, but he is just so great at it. And you said that the Pat McAfee show should have been the indicator of where he was going to go. It was the indicator. I was like, oh, we're getting corporate rock in 2024. Or as my good friend Jimmy McAram on True Hill, he said, the actual corporate rock. (laughs) Not the corporate rock we got in 1998 when it was just a character. This is the actual corporate rock. But then throughout the the, the whole kickoff uh, press conference, we started off like a MacBook Pro presentation with Triple H starting off intro. I was like, god damn, get to the point. Oh, there is no point. Damn, got you. Um, And then then we finally got to Becky and Rhea, which was an actual pro wrestling angle. And then we got one of the best pro wrestling angles WWE has done in quite some time with everything they did on that kickoff show. And The Rock was masterful. He led up to it. He dragged out his usual baby face stick and then hit the line of media. Everyone, meet the Cody Kai babies. And it was like, Oh, it was total heel, bro. It was like, you're gonna you're gonna sit there, but you're damn sure gonna respect it. And then shows us like he and then he explains like he's he who remains in low key season one. He explains <laughs> the tree of life from low key season two. It was crazy, yo. And I was like, yo, this is this is great. And then Cody comes out, he cuts a great baby face promo. Man, you feet because they set up a great double main event where everyone looked good. You had Cody looking like the ultimate baby face, Rock looking like this new heel authority figure that can have big time WrestleMania main events because we never had that with this man. We never had that at all, even though he was a great heel character, but an actual heel in real life, which is yeah. besides the point. Um, but <laughs> the Rock, he can play this role so well. Uh, Roman Reigns played his role well. I heard some people saying he played little brother. He played the sideline to the rock, but he played his role well. And Seth Rollins was there. Um, But everybody played their roles well. So I think that they set up a great scenario for the road to WrestleMania. There. And yeah. I don't think that is, they will add to this as we go on. They're still telling a story. They're going to assess this every week and see where they are. And something needs tweaking. They'll tweak it. So we do we have Roman Reigns and Cody at WrestleMania? We do, right? As of right now, yes. And that is what where did, Okay, up. where does the where does the rock fit in here? That's where I'm going to next, because that's the yeah, question. I don't, I was I don't understand to. that. Because so the rock definitively told Pat McAfee that he is in uh training camp mode. Like he is getting ready to wrestle. You and we have gotten reports from wrestling it. observer that said, Hey, uh, the, the, there is no scenario like before the press conference, wrestling observer reported, there is no scenario in which the rock does not wrestle at WrestleMania or get in the ring. I think was the actual verbiage that they used. Right. Um, triple H kicks off the start of the show and clears up some, any confusion that was left, uh, after the press conference. And he said, Hey, look, It will be Cody Rhodes who will be challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. He says some people backstage may not like it, but some people don't know their role and it doesn't matter if they don't like it. So again, not so subtly taking shots at the new board member, Triple H declaring all decisions go through one road, one person, 
and you're looking at him. So what this kind of does here, I'd say we're we're almost setting up for if if Triple H could actually wrestle, which he can't because the man's got a defibrillator in his chest. Uh, I would assume he would be getting involved in some of this, but it looks like there's going to be some kind of power struggle angle here. We're already got like the lower level rivalry going on between Nick Aldis and and Adam Pierce. It looks like we're going to be getting the same thing here, Dutch, at the top mm-hmm. level between The Rock and Triple H. And again, it's it's taking a situation where they messed up, too many cooks in the kitchen. Cody wins the Rumble, but he's not going to challenge Roman Reigns, and we're just going to have him step aside and give it to The Rock because the corporate people booked Rock versus Roman. Fans revolted, and now they have actually. To their credit, I will give them credit here. Because if they just would have booked somebody else to win the Royal Rumble other than Cody, none of this would happen. It would be Rock versus Roman, and everybody would be happy, and whatever they wanted to do, if they needed to pivot after the CM Punk injury, they could go with Rollins and Cody, and I think you know everybody would have been fine with it. But now it's almost better that they did mess up because yeah, they we have so it. many different they, interesting storylines that are developing here. They fell into this. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you have these mitigating circumstances and, oh, well, this and this and this and this. But I think they've probably done the best job with it that can be done. The only thing now I got to see where Rock fits in. Now, Rock and Roman, they're the they're the family. Yeah. And wherever that leads, I mean, but they have a. I talk about doors open. They have a lot of doors open for everybody to go. I am glad they got Cody back in because I'm, I don't even know who made the decision to put him over in the Royal Rumble because I, 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 I don't follow that logic at all. The, the, it, it was Triple H and apparently someone from TKO or WWE or The Rock I, I put all the blame on Nick Khan because I feel like Nick Khan as the president of WWE should be the liaison between what's going on in TKO and what's going on in WWE. But all we know from all the reports and everything that's gone down is that The Rock signed a contract to be on the board of directors of TKO on a Tuesday. And Triple H decided that Cody Rose was going to win the Royal Rumble on a Saturday. That means they had five days to figure out how to communicate because when Rock signs on to be on the board of directors, he apparently signed on to work WrestleMania. So that needed to be communicated to Triple H before he decided to have Cody Rose win the Royal Rumble. Or, uh, I mean, me and Jimmy McRib also said, or Nick Khan was like, oh, man, CM Punk's winning. I don't need to have Well, see, that's the problem they're going to run into because these aren't wrestling people. They don't know how these things are going to end up. How And the fans really are the arbiter of all this. And they didn't see that coming. I think uh, the fans' reaction to Rock, I think it surprised all of them. Oh, my God, they're booing him. Nobody's going to boo the Rock. Nobody's going to possibly boo the Rock. And then I'm, even I'm Seth not... Rollins on Monday was like, when they started chanting Rocky sucks, like two minutes into the show, he's like, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. There weren't a lot of people I, who were expecting that. People in WWE was of my thinking. I was like, no way Rock gets the reaction <laughs> of Batista in 2014. 
And then 10 minutes into Raw, I had to tweet out. I was like, yeah, I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Could be and, wrong. Then it, and it just continued to grow. And look, but I love, I love the fact that they they didn't do like 2014. Yes. And they immediately pivot and went into it. Just just feed into it. You don't have yeah. to do anything. But I will say it's worth noting and worth criticizing WWE for that I don't think they have any intention of explaining Cody Rhodes promo last week. No, nope. I don't think they have any nope. any intention at all to explain to us what this... happened and what motivated Cody to say, no, I'm not going to challenge you for your title at WrestleMania, and then turn around a few days later and say, you know what? I am. Yeah, I made, Here's I'm, the I'm... WWE Neuralizer. Y'all didn't see shit. That didn't happen. Forget that that happened. All oh, right? yeah, just forget, forget about that it. that happened. Remember that great angle on Thursday. Remember that great angle on Thursday. Forget about last Friday. Forget about it. I will come back here next week and between Raw and SmackDown, if they are able to explain that or at least even try, if they try, I will give them credit on air next week. If they try and fail, I will still give them credit. Yeah. The the interesting thing here, SP3, is what Dutch... And on my side, like, where does the rock fit into? Like, do they ultimately wind up with a triple threat? Do they do a, a double main event where maybe they do a tag match involving rock and Roman teaming up on night one against Seth and Cody, but then Seth would have to defend his title. He'd have to wrestle twice uh, that weekend, which might be a dodgy situation considering his knee. Right. So they've already set up elimination chamber where Seth is going to defend his title. You still do Roman and Cody on 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 night two. Where does the Rock fit in? Is he just a special guest? Does he make himself the special guest enforcer or the special guest referee? And if that's the case, how the hell does Cody overcome all of those odds? Yeah, like but he could make himself special referee because if if uh, Triple H uh, called him out one time, why wouldn't he call him out on this? Yeah. So if you if you if you're starting to make uh, to demand that things be explained. Well, WWE hadn't done that since uh, I can remember. Sometimes things happen. They just happen. You just, and wrestling fans let it go. This time they decided, no, we're not going to let this go. And remember the tweet that Cody put out yesterday, I've made my decision. I didn't understand that. Did he, his decision means that I'm going back. I, I, I'm, I'm going back I, on my I, word. Yeah. I'm a liar. I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll just not. Well, I mean, after the, after the whole, we want Cody thing all weekend, WWE decided to lean into that. And then Cody never officially said, hey, yeah, I'm challenging. I'm challenging Seth Rollins. He never said that. He never officially said that he was, I mean, the only thing that he definitively said was I'm coming for Roman Reigns, but not at WrestleMania. So what the hell did that mean? Was he going to challenge him at the elimination chamber? Was he going to step aside? I don't know. I don't know how they explain it. My guess is they ain't going to. Uh, again, Neuralizer. WWE Neuralizer, forget what you just saw. That did not happen. We're never going to show that again. But all, all they have to do is have Cody come out there and say, hey, look, I was manipulated. I, I listened to somebody that I trust who had ulterior motives, who wanted to put themselves ahead of me, and I fell for it hook, line, and sinker because I had respect for him and I had respect for his family. And then I realized it was total bullshit. 
when it's him putting over because all he has to say was the what the one sentence that triggered him there was one sentence that triggered him and it's when the rock pointed at the big ass tree his big ass powerpoint presentation that he put together and then he said there is one true dominant royal family in professional wrestling and then cody comes out there and says this is bullshit yeah, I, I I'm, do. I'm open. I'm open. I'm hoping. I don't have any faith, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping <laughs> I come on here next week and can say that. But I, I don't have too much faith. But I think that WWE, like Dutch said, has set up a lot of different scenarios because they could go one route of Rock asserts his authority and inserts himself into this matchup of Cody versus Roman to make it a triple threat. And then Cody gets the big moment of beating the biggest wrestling star in the world and the biggest Hollywood star in the world in one night and win the WWE championship. Or they can go the route of Rock asserting his authority and becoming special guest referee or special enforcer for the matchup. Or like you said, the double main event where Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes will make history of become the first stars to main event back-to-back nights of WrestleMania. Where they do the tag team match where I... I un- I understand that Seth Rollins is hurt, but the Seth Rollins is hurt is also the same Seth Rollins that's hurt and was in an interview that said he's going to be ready in a f- in the next few weeks. And yeah. it's a Seth Rollins that I guarantee you, if you said, "Hey, Seth, we know that you're not going to main event WrestleMania against whoever comes out of the re- the elimination chamber," but hey. We want you to main event night one in a tag team matchup where you could stand on the apron and let Cody do most of the work. <laughs> exactly. Come in for a little bit, do a couple of bumps for the rock and, and Roman Reigns. And of course you're going to do the job because no one cares about you compared to the other three guys. So I think that he will take that. He'll take it. It's his WrestleMania main event. He's always asked for, and this is the only way without CM Punk, it's going to happen. Seth will be ready to do two nights of WrestleMania. I guarantee you. And he could do a 10, 15 minute match the next night with whoever wins the elimination chamber. And he will be perfectly fine. Let's get Seth Rollins that main event. Let's protect Rock at 51 years old. He needs to be in a tag team matchup. Exactly. And I believe the finish of that matchup is setting up WrestleMania 41. Because I think the finish, if you do the tag team matchup, the finish needs to be Rock pinning Cody. Rock putting Cody to set up Rock and Cody at WrestleMania 41 because Cody will get his back when he beats Roman the following night. And that's a year long of the now the new authority figure, The Rock, versus the new poster boy of the company, Cody. You're, w- you're way out in front of where I am. <laughs> Talking a year ahead. They can't even think a week ahead at this point, but you're putting them up a year ahead. Dutch, it's not an unprecedented. Even Vince, even Vince had Rock and Cena put out back to back WrestleMania main events two years out. Two hey, years out, he had that this shit. man, this man went but on did, a video today. He went on a video this week and said, signing off your long gamer. He is setting up the tag match this oh, year. Oh, I got that. I got Rock that. and Cody in 41, and then Rock and Roman at 42. The long gamer. Rock is here for the long haul. I will say this as of right now, and we've seen that the story can change at any moment, right? Uh, at, at this moment, there's no point for the rock to insert himself in the title match because he has no reason to, to go up against Roman Reigns because now it is 
It's personal. Now they're side by side. The they they are it's defending their family name against Cody Rhodes. That's what the story is right now. So the Rock wants to ensure that Cody gets his ass buried at WrestleMania and Roman retains so then he can have his big glorious moment of here's the greatest main event of all time. We'll do it, you know, whenever down the line. So it's going to be interesting. Rock and Rock and uh, Roman are going to be on the show next week on SmackDown and Triple H is going to be there. And I, I, I kind of like the fact that Triple H is interjecting himself here. Obviously, there's a lot of history between Triple H and The Rock. Uh, and now they so are. What this is developing into a power struggle. Oh, yeah. A big one. And this is where I think WWE is, is going to benefit from this. Because everybody is interested in this now. Like we are. Where is it going? I can't say, I don't think Sid or Rick, you can say, we can speculate, but so can everybody else. So that's why I think the ratings, I think it'll be off the, off the chart here going on out, just to see what's going to happen. I was kind of disappointed that we didn't see Rock or Roman on the show tonight, because during that interview, I expected them, one of them to come out anyway. I did. But it never, it never happened. Yeah. Well, Sid, you're a clairvoyant anyway. You can you can see into the future. No, so. I, you have to pace this <laughs> stuff out. You have to make them. They got we their fill this week. I know. It's I understand months. it, but they can. Anyway, I, I thought they would come out and just even to the stage, and say, "Hey, it's not going to play out like you think it is," or whatever. Something that doesn't give anything away. No violence. No physical contact. No nothing. KK so, with a comment here saying Cody can't can't win at WrestleMania 40. I think he can right now. I'd say he will. He uh, will. I, I think I think the bloodline comes in as a united front that weekend. They put Cody through the absolute ringer, whether it's a, a night one night two situation as, as SP three laid out. Uh, maybe he gets beat night one. Maybe he finds a way to to win on night one because there's a miscommunication between the Rock and Roman. But I think the bloodline comes in WrestleMania weekend as a united front to end Cody Rhodes. Cody finds a way to overcome the odds, overcome all the adversity, wins the damn title, and then the bloodline is in disarray. It's in shambles. Doesn't know what the hell is happening here uh, after WrestleMania 40. Again, Cody don't have to have the belt long. He can get screwed out of it at WrestleMania Backlash. He can get screwed out of it at SummerSlam. It doesn't have to be an endurance test. Just Cody being in the main event and beating Roman Reigns, that's it. That's it. See, my scenario works out well, so better than everybody else's because if Rock beats Cody and then Cody beats Roman, then you have the whole story of now Rock can say, I'm now the leader of the bloodline because you're no longer the tribal chief. Yeah. And I'm the high chief. High chief greater than a tribal chief. He is the table, damn it. But see, they, all those avenues are good. All yeah. those sequences you laid out, they would work. Because now it's the story. And when you get involved in the story, if you don't tell anything that is like non-believable, like all of a sudden Cody turning and walking off, with no reason at all, but now, but they're not even going to explain reason unless he can say they, they trick me or whatever that means, but that may even look more stupid on just let it go. A lot of times in wrestling, 
if you can't explain it, don't even talk about it. The fans talk about it, yep. but the promotion doesn't talk about it because they don't know what to but, say. But, but yeah, and here's the other thing: if like, they even the, had a, if they had a three-way, if they had a three-way, Cody could beat Roman. Now, it's anybody who pins anybody wins the title, right? Yeah. In a three-way, yes. Yeah. You may have something between Roman and The Rock in that one. And I think uh, Cody could actually pin Roman in that and win the title on the second night. That's another way. And they, if they hurt, like you said, Sid, if they hurt him on the first night, he may not be able to make it. And he goes to the back and he's all jacked up. And he said, I'm going to make it come hell. I'm not missing this again. And let him go. He's already hurt. And they yeah. just beat the living crap out of him. And then all of a sudden, if something can happen, they'll figure it out. You can, up- you can make the whole the whole reasoning for Rock to make the tag match be that him and Roman are going to take out Cody before night two so they could have their match at night two. That could be mm-hmm. the whole story going into the match. Because they have the, all the ingredients to put this second night together. But I'm not on the creative team, neither are you guys. So we'll see what they give us. Regardless, this this WrestleMania is shaping up to be pretty damn good. And there's a lot of A-plus level talent that don't have a clear path to the show uh, right now. Adam Hunt saying, uh, have Damian Priest cash in on Cody Rhodes after he wins it. Oh, no. You need to put that pipe down. What you need to do. <laughs> Well, um, all right, all right. So, so if we if Sportskeeda has like an admin, I would love for them to do a job. But if it is Rick Uchino that you have to do it, there's been someone in the chat that's been selling feet picks. So, can you please ban them, please? Oh, uh, what? I was the gonna. I, I I figured you would see it by now, but a lot of people in the chat are complaining about it. Showing oh. what? What kind of picks? Selling feet picks. Apparently, that's what they they've been saying in the chat. Okay, I'll try to kick them out. I'll I'll try to figure that out here uh, in, in a minute. Sorry. Um, okay. Got it. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you'll get it. There you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Ooh, sorry about that. No worries. Where man? Where were we? All right. So let's talk about the the other championship. By the way, if I think that it's way more likely. It's way more likely Damian Priest cashes in, whether successfully or unsuccessfully, on the World Heavyweight Championship. That just seems to make the most sense. And here's the thing. It very well could be he cashes in on Drew McIntyre and gets his over on Drew McIntyre after Drew beat Seth on, on night two of WrestleMania. Because right now, Drew McIntyre, or, or excuse me, DM Hunk, is on absolute fire right now this man is ruthless this man is relentless this man is just putting on savagery of the highest order his his heel level promos are better than any babyface stuff he has cut in in wwe he's still in great shape i'd be screaming at the top of the mountain to put this man in the world heavyweight title picture at wrestlemania win the damn match and give him a long title reign that culminates with him and CM Punk doing the dance at SummerSlam once Punk is able to come back. But there's a problem, Dutch. We don't 
We don't know how long Drew's contract is for. His contract is up sometime shortly after WrestleMania, so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. That's the worst thing to be on a creative team, and they say, oh, we can't do that. Why? He hadn't signed his contract. You say, what have I got to do with that? But it is, it is a point that you can't do something with somebody if they're not going to be there. That means, and this is what the old territories used to deal with, they'd put a belt on somebody, and the guy wasn't happy anyway. As soon as he got the belt, that's when he made demands and walked. A lot of times they walked with the belt. All of a sudden they got a champion who is not even there, and the belt is gone too. So that's another thing you got to deal with. But as much as much as he's leaning into this CM Punk stuff here, SP3, it almost makes me think as if he's signed a contract extension and it just hasn't been reported yet because they are laying down a lot of long-term type stuff with, with Drew McIntyre right now. We don't know exactly when his deal is up, but, I mean, if he's going to keep laying into the CM Punk stuff and then we don't actually get him and CM Punk, I'm going to be kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, I think they no, got an idea that he's gonna <laughs> that he's gonna sign. Yeah, I mean they they're probably under the under the belief, but anything can can happen. And what we've been hearing lately is that a lot of t- a lot of times with the free agents, at least not with the re-signings, but with the free agents, that WWE can be outbid nowadays. It, it's not impossible that yeah. that can happen, and we don't know how much they value Drew McIntyre, but we know he, they should be. Because there's two things I've been saying about professional wrestling that now people are kind of catching on. And I feel like I started trend over in AEW. I've been saying since about October that their women's division was improving. And now everybody's been saying it online. And since October, I've been saying Drew McIntyre is the best character in WWE. And now everybody's been jumping on the bandwagon too. So welcome aboard to the Drew McIntyre Scottish bandwagon because I've been here this man has been telling the truth about everything. The most honest man on WWE television for months. I am glad that he was on SmackDown tonight, putting on a very good matchup with AJ Styles that further developed AJ's feud with LA Knight. And he got the win because he is the main person that needed to be in this number one contenders elimination chamber match. Yeah, for sure. He comes down to the ring tonight after the, uh, the united front of all of the uh, authority figures on screen anyway of uh, of Nick Aldis, Adam Pearson, Triple H. He comes down and and he basically, you know, pulls a rock and says, hey, you're welcome uh, for everything that I've done for you guys. I saved WrestleMania from CM Punk. I saved uh, WrestleMania from The Rock. Cody's going to finish his story, so you're all welcome for that. Now all that's left is for me to save the world. Heavyweight championship. He beats AJ Styles, thanks in large part due to uh, LA Knight's distraction on commentary. Um, Dutch, what do you think of the the opening contest and Drew qualifying for the Elimination Chamber and a shot at Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? Actually, pretty good finish. And I think everybody benefited from it. And uh, I, I liked it because it, it wasn't just a straight-up screw job. He just beat it. And LA Knight kind of figured into it, but that was one of the things, and he beat him with his what's that called the the big what's it called Claymore Claymore oh the big Claymore that's right and it was a one two three you know what else I noticed tonight that the matches were kicking out at two instead of two and a half I don't know if they told him that or but it makes sense I hate that kicking two and three quarters out you can maybe do that 
in a title match, but everybody doing it seemed to take it out. I actually, I like that a lot better. I, I hate, I hate when the talent gets caught looking at the referee so they can like really make sure that they get it up at the last second. They can watch that. Aren't like, it just telegraphs it. And it's all bad camera angles. All really is in, the, in those yeah. situations. We got a backstage promo with Sami Zayn laying out his difficult path to WrestleMania with Caleb Braxton. Uh, that will get much more difficult coming up here uh, after the main event. Bianca Belair has qualified for the Elimination Chamber. She beats Mia Yim. Look, Meechin's been on kind of a heater lately. She hasn't been winning matches, but she's been getting a chance to really perform and, and put on quality matches, and she continues to deliver. I thought this was another good showing for her tonight. I don't know, man. I just hope she keeps getting opportunities and I hope it goes somewhere for her because she's really freaking good. Bianca Belair qualifying for Elimination Chamber was a foregone conclusion. I still don't know what her WrestleMania match is going to be. Maybe it gets set up inside Elimination Chamber. I don't know, but Dutch, I thought this was another good showing for me, Chin, tonight. Oh, it was a good showing. Who is that? Who are the guys coming out? Luke and who? Who comes out with Luke, her? Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the OC. Okay, the OC. The guys now, are they the just best contract deal in WWE right now. How are they? I want What's that job. I want. I want the. I want the Good Brothers job. <laughs> show they up, high five, eat, leave, get paid. They, they get to eat good catering and just show up and get paid. That's great. I want that job. They just came out last week with their. Uh, yeah, that I missed a week or two. They they the come out every week on the stage, high five her, and that's the only thing they do to the their selling contribution they have to the show. They're well, basically they're that's basically Meechin's Funkadactyls. That's what they are mm -hmm. right now. They are Meechin's Funkadactyls at this point. Well, but the match was good, and uh, I mean, I, I I liked it. Good finish. So nothing to say about the show. Part of it was a little bit to me. A little bit boring because you kind of knew who was going to win, uh, and I was kind of disappointed that we didn't have a real strong finish for that first. It had told a great story, it advanced the story, but still I thought it needed a little more. And I thought you needed either The Rock or Roman coming out there saying something, or Heyman saying something. I don't think Heyman would have been good for it, but still I expected it. It didn't happen. So we carried on. Uh, we did get a nice little backstage with uh, Triple H telling Braun Breaker that he's really proud of him. Paul Heyman interrupts. Uh, shakes what, a, Braun. what a lucky guy. Braun Breaker comes in right when Brock leaves. So they got a spot for him. Oh, Can yeah. You get any, any more lucky than that? Look, I, I, think I, I said they, it on I the show they, last they're week. They're going to piece him into it. I look, I think WWE was lucky in this situation where they were going, damn, how do we replace Brock? And mm -hmm. they didn't even have to moneyball that shit. They literally just looked out at NXT and go, Hey, we got this guy. He's big. He's bet. Honestly, he's more athletic. He's faster. He hits hard. He's younger. He's, he's younger. He's a psychopath. And not as expensive. Not as expensive. Oh, that's, <laughs> what that's not even a question. That's not even a question. Uh yeah. Uh, let's bring him up. Let's put him in uh, the Royal Rumble and just have him do all of, of Brock's spots. Hell, at this point, just have him take Brock's spot at Mania. Gunther, yeah. Braun Breaker, you're welcome. And like I said last week, the story is there because the last guy to pin 
Gunther in NXT was Braun Breaker. So all you have to do is have Gunther come out there and say, after he beats Jey Uso, which, look, that's, that's probably going to happen, right? So he beats Jey Uso, probably because Jimmy interferes and sets up their WrestleMania match, however they got to do well, it. Like, like, this is what I was going to, I was going to wait till later to say this. Like, okay, we understand Roman and Rock couldn't <laughs> be on the show tonight. <laughs> You have a whole another a whole another story and feud in the bloodline that you could have done something for. We could have done a backstage segment with Paul Heyman talking to Jimmy Uso, like, "Hey, man, you know, you see your brother over there. He looks like he's getting pretty close to getting a shot at the Intercontinental Title. Like, so seed. All I need, all I need is like thirty seconds. Thirty seconds that sets up." What you're yeah. gonna do next, so we don't have a situation where you have a great segment, but it wasn't built to like last week's damage control segment, where I, I feel like this week's damage control segment felt a lot better to me because of last week's damage control segment. Yeah. Uh Will Chisholm saying I think he's going to be uh the new Paul Heyman guy at some point. Uh talking about uh broad really, break. really what made you think that? Well, I mean, there was definitely must have uh, showed, showed, showed something on the on camera or on the screen. I mean, he yeah, is no, going to take. It's not like, it's not like they tried that out on the October 10, 2023 edition of WWE NXT that went against AEW Dynamite. You know, not like they did that. No. Oh, oh, what did what did what did Paul say tonight, to Triple H? Uh, Triple H says, "What do you want?" Yeah, he, he said, "What do you want?" And Paul's like, <laughs> "You know, he looked a little testy." I'll see. I'll see you next week. But when I show up, I'll be with my tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And, and <laughs> the that, rock. Was, that was that very was, that was that very was effective. Yeah. That was great. Literally, literally, my friend was watching this with me, and he said, he was like, oh, I got to watch what happened on this press conference after that segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good bit of business. It was a good bit of business. Still don't make a lick of sense, but it was a good bit of business. And they'll, they'll, they got plenty of time to make it make sense. Uh, man, I was genuinely happy for Bailey tonight. She comes out there. She gets a really nice ovation, and she is just smiling ear to ear because for the first time in, like, five years, like the people genuinely like her now. Like she's getting cheered. They they're giving her her flowers. It's everything she deserves. You can see the in about seven years though, dog. Yeah, she turned heel in 2019, but they stopped loving her the way they used to back in like 2017, 2017. after that Alexa Bliss rivalry. Yeah. Oh God, that was so bad. That, oh, that was so death. bad. Killed, killed her. Oh God, <laughs> I hate that you reminded me of that. No, like, I'm, I'm I... just saying. I, you know, I that's, know. Why, that's why. That's why. Look, like Bailey's promo last week, and then this week, there's a lot of meaning in her words when she's like, "You have been on this journey with me." Like I was in Barclays Center in Brooklyn when she put on the greatest women's match I ever seen against Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, and I seen it all. I seen the the Alexa Bliss rivalry. I seen the Sasha and Bailey tag team run where everybody tries to tell me, oh, whenever they were together, it was all great. No, it was not. When they were a tag team one week, then they were enemies the next week, then they would fight the other week, then they friends again. Like, they did that in 2018. Y'all not going to let that erase from my mind. I got a very good memory. You're not going to make me forget that. That happened. I've been through the wars with Bailey. I'm so glad to see <laughs> where she's here now. <laughs> and the one member of Damage Control that was missing last week shows up this week. 
uh, in Dakota Kai. She comes down here, she down to the ring with Bailey, and she's like, hey, what the hell happened last week? You know, like trying to say, like, I had no idea that this was going on. And Bailey immediately sees through that, calls her out on her BS, saying, hey, you were right there talking with him. You were laughing with him. You knew this was going on. Why didn't you say anything to me? And Dakota, being smart, says, well, look, I was in a really tough situation. I didn't know how to say or bring it up to you. I thought maybe this would blow over. And then, you know, look, your plan came to, to fruition. The Kabuki Warriors won the tag team titles. You won the Royal Rumble. I thought that would be the, the catalyst and everything would be great. Like It was all the Kabuki Warriors. They, they poisoned EO's mind. EO was all about damage control, just like me. Then damage control comes down. They surround the ring. Dakota F's off like she has been because she's still not medically cleared. That explained also why she wasn't there last week because she said she was getting checked up on her knee. Love that. Make make little things make sense. I'm I'm good with that. And then we get Dakota coming behind Bailey in the ring as damage control surrounds the other four sides of the other three sides of the ring. She looks like she's going to do the Seth Rollins and, and just plow Bailey right in the back with the steel chair. Instead, she goes over Bailey as Bailey turns around and starts swinging at damage control. Doesn't hit any of them. Not one bit of contact. And then you see Bailey just like looking at Dakota and Dakota's looking back. And again, this is where Bailey is so masterful. Bailey don't buy this bullshit for one damn second. And neither do I. Like, neither do I, because nobody, SP3, as we know, gets closer to your side before she's about to stab you in the back than Dakota Kai. We all remember poor Tegan. We remember, maybe not Dutch, but we remember poor Tegan, what happened in War Games. We, we were there. We saw it. This Dakota turn on Bailey is going to be heartbreaking. And it's like this next few weeks, she's going to try to, to lure Bailey in. And I think she might do it. But right now, Bailey is still very, very cautious around Dakota, and she has every right to be. So people expect Dakota Kai to turn on Bailey, correct? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. I, well, I didn't see. I didn't see that other thing you were talking about, and I'm glad I didn't see it because now I can look at it, you know, with fresh sure. eyes. Yeah, and there's going to be but, some. But people. the longer they, longer they stretch that out, the more effective it's going to be. You think? Ba basically, if, if, you think most of the fans were thinking that. I, I think I think if you, if they've been paying attention, if they were watching during the NXT days, they would know that Dakota Kai is the female equivalent to Kevin Owens as a friend. Yeah, <laughs> you you know if Kevin Owens is your friend, <laughs> yeah. he's going to turn on you. You Dutch to make it more. You know I'm a wrestling historian. I will I I can name some of the greatest uh, awful friends in wrestling history. When Ric Flair is your friend, you know oh. he's gonna turn on you. <laughs> like, like, come on, like, Terry Funk is your friend. You know Terry's going to turn on you. Like, unless unless it's old man Terry. Old man Terry, he was he was good to talk. Uh, but, yeah, like, like it's just these people, like, Dakota Kai is one of those people. Tegan Knox, you didn't mention Raquel Rodriguez, her, yeah. her diesel. She turned on diesel, but her diesel could turn on her. Uh, like, and now I feel like Bailey is in a long line of these women that is going to be turned on 
by Dakota Kai because I feel like Dakota Kai needs to be with EO, Asuka, and Kyrie to be their mouthpiece for that for that uh, team. And I feel like it's a little bit more of an obstacle for Bailey to overcome if she has to overcome all of her former protégés and her enemies all together at WrestleMania. Yeah, and and honestly, like do it on her own. Yeah. Like, overcome the adverse and do it on her own and prove that hey y'all shouldn't have f with me y'all should have believed me yeah i i lost a lot but as she said tonight that's because i've been putting all you ahead of my own needs first this and is Ed, the bailey, bailey being like i was the leader for a reason yeah yeah Ed, it's don't bailey buy her lebron james versus yeah. Kyrie moment yeah Ed, don't See, buy this it. story kind of, this story kind of writes itself because it's already laid out, right? Yeah. I guarantee you that creative team, they didn't have all this in motion when they started booking them. It just kind of came together and they said, hey, what we need to do now? And that's the way a lot of it comes together. Uh, I would be willing to bet Bailey had a huge hand in this. Uh, Ed M saying, don't be talking bad about Dakota. Lovely, wholesome girl. Don't fall for it. That's what she wants. That's what she wants you to think, Ed. Don't do it. She's going to sucker you in. Uh, Eason saying she's going to bring back the hugger. I don't think so. I think she has said, no, that was not really her. What you're seeing is what you're going to get. And she even said that at the Royal Rumble press conference. She's like, look, I'm just being me. Yeah. All just hated me for the last five years, but now you like me. I've grown on you. So I think, I think that's what we're going to get. Uh, we had the finals for the tag team title number one contenders match tonight. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn against DIY. This was a really, really good tag team match. Tyler Bate did some next level Cesaro type shit tonight where he spun Johnny Gargano, or excuse me, he spun Tommaso Ciampa while he had Johnny Gargano in the fireman's carry position. That was ridiculous. Ciampa hit one of the most painful looking backbreakers I've seen in quite some time. Uh, Johnny Project got a Ciampa. little, what did I say? You said a backbreaker. It's Project Champa. Okay. Yeah. Still, it looked like it hurt. Uh, Johnny Gargano got a little bloodied up in this one. He ends up taking the pinfall though, uh, with Tyler Bate or no, excuse me, not Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn. I'm all confused. Pete Dunn gets the dub with the bitter end. Uh, so they're going to face judgment day at elimination chamber, regardless uh, who, who did what, this was a really, really fun tag team match tonight. What's a good match. They did some really good stuff. And I went, what? I mean, he did what? Uh, who who won this match? Pete Dunn. British Strong style. Yeah. Okay. But it was a good. It was a good match. It was great. WWE just start naming teams, man. It's easier for us. It's easy for yeah. us uh, reviewing shows. It's easy for us who write wrestling. Like just give these teams some names. British Strong style. It's right there. But really good matchup. I I I was. I wasn't surprised at all. This is kind of what I expected when you put these four guys in the ring together. But I'm very excited for Bait and Dunn versus uh, Balor and Priest at Elimination Chamber now. I would love to see them. At, like Now, I said the same thing. I was hoping DIY would win when they had their tag team title shot a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I would like to see Pete Dunn and, and Tyler Bait win at Elimination Chamber. But something tells me that it's going to end up being awesome truth against Judgment Day at WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Uh, I mean, people love this story. It's great entertainment. But I mean, when the bell rings, I think that's when it's over. So they love our truth, man. They freaking love our truth. We saw our truth tonight. 
It was Dom backstage talking about how he's going to qualify for Elimination Chamber. Doesn't matter who he's got to face. He's going to go in there. He's going to win Elimination Chamber. He's going to beat his old rival, Seth Rollins. And then he and Mommy are going to have matching championships after uh, after WrestleMania is said and done. And then KO comes in and, you know, just completely deflates his, uh, his speech there and says, oh, hey, yeah, it's me you're going to face next week. And I'm going to dedicate your ass beating to your dad, the greatest luchador of all time. You know him, Rey Mysterio. And then our truth shows up, confuses KO with the Miz, and in the back, and just says, "Hey, you better not let Nick catch you." And KO's like, "Oh, you mean Nick Nick Mysterio?" He's like, "Nah, Nick Aldis. You're on Raw. You ain't supposed to be on SmackDown. Don't let Nick Aldis catch you." And then we hear the "We want Truth" chants. We want Truth chants with, with the crowd tonight. Look, man, Truth is over. He's hot right now. Like they love. Like who, who doesn't love our Truth Dutch? How how long has he been there? Shit. Since the Vietnam War ended, he came, he came back in he, like he's been there forever. Nine, because he went to TNA. He was in he TNA. Went to TNA. I was I was there with him in TNA. So good guy too. Former two-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the first African American NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Put some respect on our troops name. <laughs> Do we think? Uh, the next two matches we got set up for next Saturday are K or next Friday, excuse me, are Dom and KO and Logan Paul and the Miz. Now KO and Logan Paul, they're still going at one another. Do we think they both get locked inside the elimination chamber or do they both screw each other out of qualifying next week? What do we think happens? They both qualify. I have, I have no idea. I think I it makes for what? a better match if they both qualify. Yeah, Logan, Logan Paul, Logan Paul wants to be in the elimination chamber. He hasn't made that a secret. And I don't why why would you have Logan Paul lose to the Miz on TV? Um that, that, may, that, that doesn't make too much sense to me. Yeah. The more and more and this will be Logan Paul's first TV <laughs> match next week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but this is Logan Paul's first WWE right. TV match. Yeah. No, right. He's been on TV before, hasn't he? No, not in a match. Not in a match. He's never had a match on WWE TV before. Oh, he just set it to desk. Yeah. That's what, he, what I saw him do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, we know that Bianca has qualified and Becky has qualified for the Elimination Chamber. Next week on SmackDown, we are going to get Shotzi versus Tiffany Stratton and Naomi versus Zelina Vega. Now, no disrespect to Shotzi or Zelina Vega. But Tiffany Stratton and Naomi are qualifying for Elimination Chamber, which means we're getting Becky, Bianca, Naomi, and Tiffany Stratton inside Elimination Chamber, and we still got two more to go. And Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan will qualify, yeah. Liv Morgan's facing Zoe Stark. Liv Morgan. Yeah, so Liv Morgan will qualify. So who's got the last spot? I don't, it doesn't even matter. Like, it almost doesn't even matter who gets the last spot, because this thing's going to be a bad I would give it to Amazing Kong. I see who I'd put in there. I put it... Amazing Jade Cargill. <laughs> yeah. Well, who pins her? You're going to have her lose her first match by pinfall? Hey, it's fine. Everybody will hit her with their finisher. That's how they usually oh, yeah. protect the monsters. Well, that's the- what they did to Bronson Reed last year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Roland Curtis with a super chat. Always appreciate it. Last week, it felt like EO versus Bailey had a chance to be the night one main event, but today, not so much. Now the night one main event looks wide open. Bailey, Rhea, Seth, Rock, who should be night one? Look, it's impossible to make that call right now. If you if you go, if you go, 
double main event with, you know, Cody and Rock and Seth and do the tag team match. I mean, look, if The Rock is wrestling on night one, he's in the main event. Hands down. If he's not, if they're not going to do the, mat, the 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 scenario we laid out earlier where Cody and, and Roman are wrestling on both nights, look, man, I think they're setting it up for Rhea and Becky. It's going to be hard to knock Rhea. They're the ones who are getting all the, the pub and the and the big spots. They didn't. Bailey is the one who won the Royal Rumble. Bailey versus Io is the match that's official. They weren't at that press conference. Becky that, and that, Rhea were. That's why I, I'm sorry, Roland Curtis. To like you said, it's wide open. I laughed at when you said Bailey, because yeah, like, I, I don't I don't understand how you could see Bailey not be on the poster, not be at the press conference, and think that this company's going to put her in the main event right now. Maybe that can change. We got we got what we got fifty plus days before WrestleMania. That can change, and they are cooking on all cylinders with this rivalry so far, two weeks in, but. I just have to go by how the company feels about it. And how the company has told me Bailey is not main eventing WrestleMania. The story is off to a fantastic start, but all you had to do was look at the face to face and, and Becky sitting there saying it's time. Mommy learned how to be a bottom. Like that's it. Match sold done. It's over. It's over. That's it. Like that's a great saying, right? Oh, right? yeah, I love that. I love that. My, my girl knows how to sell a match now. She knows how to sell a match now. She does. Uh, I, I, I have mixed feelings about the main event here tonight, guys. Because um, I think both Sami Zayn and Randy Orton need to be in the Elimination Chamber. And then the second that they made this match, I'm like, oh, shit. So Sami's not getting his world title shot that he's been talking about at WrestleMania. That's not happening because there's no way he was going to be beating Randy Orton. This was a good back and forth match. Randy really favoring his back in this one after he got dropped on the uh, announcer's table. That, that man, He's really good at selling. I'm just like, man, I hate when they do this shit where people come. Like, every time Seth Rollins sells a knee injury, I'm like, F you. Don't do that, man. I don't need to think that you're actually hurt. And then Randy got me doing the same shit with his back tonight. Sammy really starts to get cooking late. Orton hits the RKO out of nowhere. He wins. And then you have Orton and Drew McIntyre who are standing face-to-face uh, -to, -face to close the show here. Orton has been very well protected. He beat Sami mm -hmm. Zayn tonight. Drew McIntyre has not been as protected. He has lost matches recently. Could we see Seth and Randy Orton possibly at, at WrestleMania here, SP3? I don't see it, but, I mean, Randy Orton is a big enough name to, to put against uh, Seth Rollins to make it seem like it's a big-time World Heavyweight Championship matchup, but I just don't see it. I think Drew McIntyre, out of the two guys that qualified tonight, has the better chance of winning the Elimination Chamber and facing Seth Rollins. Dutch, what do you think? What Sid said. I'll send you your, your money next week, Sid. Thank you, Dutch. I appreciate it. Now, if you're talking about just like marquee uh importance i think drew mcintyre has it yeah i think right. drew should, i think drew's the overwhelming favorite right now whether he be whether the whether he ends up beating seth rollins or not i was hoping we'd see a triple threat and maybe maybe sammy can find a way to weasel his way back in there but sammy does not have a clear path to wrestlemania now for sure he's not going to be able to qualify at the elimination chamber unless they pull some storyline shenanigans to get him involved somehow randy orton if he doesn't win elimination chamber I don't know what his match is going to be. L.A. Knight, if he don't win, L.A. Knight's qualifying. He's facing. He's IR. not qualifying. You, he's you not think qualifying. He's, you think they're going to put I think, 
I think AJ Styles is going to come out and he's going to cost LA Knight and they do LA Knight and AJ Styles at Chamber. Okay. Because I was thinking if LA Knight and Logan Paul was the direction of WrestleMania, they could set that up inside Elimination Chamber, but they could do that. I because right I, I would have thought I would have thought AJ Styles was gonna qualify because you can kill two birds with one stone. You continue yeah. that rivalry at the same time setting up the Logan Paul, but by having LA Knight cost AJ Styles to qualify a matchup, I almost immediately was like, Well, AJ Styles is gonna cost LA Knight to qualify a matchup in return. Who's LA Knight going against? Ivar. That's on Raw. Yeah. So it's yeah, Ivar versus that. LA Knight. Who's, I, who's Ivar? I don't even know who he is. Ivar is one half of the Viking Raiders. Okay. And what's the other matchup on Raw? Uh, well, if it's Logan Paul and Miz next week on SmackDown, and what was the other one? Dom and, KO, Dom and KO is on SmackDown, so that yeah. means it's Big Bronson Reed versus who's the Bobby Lashley. Man? Bobby Lashley, that's right. Yeah. Because I I mean, I would have thought that they do Bronson Reed in LA night, because that would make more sense. Because Bronson Reed, you have AJ Styles cost LA night, and Bronson Reed gets his big matchup in Australia. But if you're doing Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley, then maybe Final Testament calls Bobby Lashley. Um, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then you continue the the beefy man feud the of the at the end of last year that they haven't continued at all because Ivar can't get out of this damn feud with Alpha Academy that he's been yeah. in for two freaking years now. But uh yeah, <laughs> with uh Bronson Reed in the elimination chamber. Yeah, I think I look, I think I think LA Knight can qualify and maybe AJ Styles weasels his way into the chamber and costs LA Knight the match as a way to protect him. There's a lot of different avenues that you could go. I think it makes sense for Bronson to be in elimination chamber. So I think old te- old testament the the final testament, the final testament costs Lashley that match, and then you can do that six man. He, he's getting all biblical on us. Old <laughs> testament, new testament, final testament. Who gives a shit? Uh, they end up, <laughs> they end up costing uh, Bobby that one. So put Bronson Reed in there. He can wrestle inside the chamber. La Knight gets in there after beating Ivar. I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to have Ivar be in the elimination chamber, especially over La Knight. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot Big of different opportunity ways for Ivar. Y'all been asking what this Ivar push has been leading to? Elimination Chamber. <laughs> I don't know. They can do a lot of different things, but I think I think KO Logan Paul, LA Knight, and and Bronson Reed make a ton of sense to to round out the Elimination Chamber. And then Drew McIntyre wins the son of a bitch. I think probably beating Big Bronson Reed in the finals. They give Bronson Reed the the Montez Ford spot this year. And hopefully Montez Ford gets set up for for something at WrestleMania this year. I've been watching Love and WWE. It's been the same damn story. I, 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 watched the first, I watched the first two episodes, and I was just like, "Damn, I feel bad." They make it this his whole story that he can't get a push, and it's the same damn thing year in and year out. The two two episodes of what Sid Love and WWE. WWE Bianca and Montez Bianca Belair and Montez Ford's reality show. Which is basically, which is basically like every other WWE reality show, just with people who have much better personalities. I I do like the show. I'm not gonna lie. I, but you, know, you didn't like the show. You cannot tell me that if you if you 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 literally if you watch Total Total Divas, Total Bellas, Miz and Miz and Misses, they're all shot 
and feel production wise the same. The only difference is the personalities. And this one, out of all of those that I just mentioned, has the best set of personalities because I feel like Montez is just a funny, charismatic individual. Bianca's just so likable and has a very strong personality as well. So I feel like they have the best personalities at them, but you, there's no difference in the way WWE shoots their reality. Okay. Shows. Yeah, I, I've never watched the other the other three. So but but what I'm what I'm telling you is that go ahead and watch them. <laughs> If you already have, if you watch one, you've watched them watch all. all. You've watched them all. Uh, then is saying, I'm thinking something <laughs> needs to happen with Orton and Logan Paul. I would not be surprised if Logan Paul puts his United States title on the line in a ladder match, a mul the multi man ladder match, because he wants a challenger. With, he wants a challenger with, with Orton. I wouldn't, I would not. I you can put Orton in a ladder surprised. match. I would not be surprised if this pivot has a domino effect and maybe they pivot and they do LA Knight and AJ Styles at WrestleMania and do Logan Paul and Randy Orton at WrestleMania for the U.S. championship. Man, LA Knight gets screwed again. <laughs> hey, at least he'll be on the card. Hey, he's versus a former WWE champion. What are you talking about? It's one of the main events of WrestleMania. Every match at WrestleMania is a main event. They're all the main event. Hey, I've seen that on cards. It would be like five main events. You might, they, did, they did that at a pay-per-view sometime last year. There were six matches on the card, and there was a triple main event. How can 50% of your, of your card be the fucking main event? It doesn't make any sense. Stop it. Well, you can call them anything. <laughs> I know. It makes you drop three matches. They could be crap, but yeah, up triple main event. I'm in the main event. Alex so, saying Gunther should be in the chamber. He won't be. No, I don't. I don't. Unless he's going to win think, it, he's yeah, going to have to win it if he's in it. Forty-one. I, I think. Man, I don't know. They held Gunther out because they probably didn't have plans for him to win it. Until the Rock right now, up. Gunther is a pet project. So they're gonna watch him. Yeah, until until the Rock showed up, and all this long-term story stuff got got laid into place. Like, ah, man, uh, I would have thought I would sign something delivered. Gunther's the guy who dethrones Cody after Cody wins the title, right? But I, I had, I was thinking that too. Now, now I'm thinking Gunther wins the Royal Rumble next year and wins the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE title, depending on who has it at 41. Like that's where I'm thinking. That. How long do you think Cody will hold the title? Not long. A year. Damn, really? Yep. He's holding it till 41 when he purses the rock. I'm convinced. Well, better start we're stacking up them heels then, boy. They better start we're stacking up them heels. He's going to go against. How, uh, how old is Cody, though? He's 37. Yeah. He's older than that, isn't he? No, he's just been around for forever. He started when he was he was a baby. He's like gonna be 21. 38 this year. Yeah. He was just like 21 when he got going. Just a baby. How old is he, Sid? He's gonna be 38 this year. Oh, 38. I yeah. think he I was thinking he was older than that. Hmm. Okay. All right, we got it out of the way. Yeah, I think so. Since, since we've gone an hour and 40 minutes. 20. Close. Oh, SP3, what's got going on? True heel heat this week. 
Uh, join us live tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, the True Hill Heat flagship podcast over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. will be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, True Draw Josh, and special guest Scott E. Wrestling. We're going to be discussing The Rock, Roman, Cody situation, talking about the shakeups in the regimes over in uh, TNA and stardom this week, as well as much, much more. We talk about all of professional wrestling on the flagship, so join us live, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Dutch? Hey, that story in TNA is pretty interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, I think, because I know Scott, I was in TNA. It was dysfunctional when I was there. But they say when Scott got in there, he kind of straightened all that out. And all of a sudden, and I heard it was a, a budget issue between Scott and the and. What's your Anthem. name? Anthem. Anthem. Yeah. And it there was, was also, and there was also, he tried to basically come to them with an offer to buy the company from them. And what it really sounds yeah. like is that they didn't like that. And that's yeah. kind of started the, the separation between the two. Well, that's how you become a millionaire. Start with two. You end up with one. <laughs> when you lose all your money. Uh, Hey, join me on my other podcast. It's on YouTube. It's called Storytime with Dutch. Doing very well. And don't forget to subscribe when you're there. If anybody wants to talk to me, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. Real quick, just want to throw this out there. Uh, Cannonberg TV, Punk versus Cody, WrestleMania 41. I think they're going to try and do Punk versus Rollins at WrestleMania 41 again. I think they're going to they're just going to put that on ice until next year and run it back so Seth can get his one-on-one main event and Punk can get his main event at WrestleMania 41. Just, just Finally, you don't have to hear any more about it. Okay, but, we're going to give it to you. This wasn't supposed Stop to be it. here. Stop the issue. Yeah. yeah. You can follow me on X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it, at Rick Uccino. I got a lot of stuff coming up for uh, Cage Side Seats, Sports Illustrated. Baseball season's almost here. Looking uh, forward to covering some Cincinnati Reds baseball this year. Uh, Going to have some interview stuff from Royal Rumble weekend dropping here soon. And follow me because coming up in March, I'm going to be having a pretty big interview, I think. So, uh, yeah, there's reasons. There's reasons to follow me on X. So do it. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next Friday.